Welcome back in. Another hour yet to go on a perspective and maybe even a little overreaction on Monday. There you go. And that's what we have is today is a, you know, today's a day that you overreact a little bit. You try to get perspective. You try to look at certain things. There's enough mistakes to go around when you say, okay, uh, had this or this or this gone right, or had they come down with this particular interception, had they picked up this first down, had they not taken the, the delay of game penalty, had they actually kicked it instead of punting it. I mean, there's so many different things that you can point to. And I guess the perspective in all of this is that, you know, you. I've always said it starts at the top with coaching putting you in the best position to be successful, and after that it's the execution. There was – gaffes across the board you know there was gaffes across the board there really was um not calling a timeout and and taking the delay of game penalty the choice to punt which then the punt goes into the end zone which you garnered what 14 yards i mean it was that was just a bad decision um not kicking a field goal with a guy that supposedly has this big leg that we witnessed last week in Chicago. Jair and Quay not coming down with interceptions. Arm tackles up high on Bijan Robinson. Over playing over aggressive on the edge and not setting it via a guy like Rashawn Gary. I mean, there, there's there's so many things that that you know kind of. Had any of those things gone correctly, that we're talking about a different outcome. I mean, it's kind of that simple. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, uh, feel free. I also go think, Bill, you, you said, yeah. you know, if one of those things go differently. I also feel like if Christian Watson plays, they probably win. Sure. Like they had no explosive plays. Or if Aaron Jones played, just plug one of those missing offensive pieces in. They just needed one extra guy or one extra play to get that one extra drive that they couldn't get. Right. And I, I just feel like, again, I'm not making excuses. We're, no one's making excuses. They could have won that game. They were without their best wide receiver, best running back, left tackle, and then their next best offensive lineman. And they're a bunch of kids. Like, they need me, those veterans out there. Let me ask you this. When it comes to the best wide receiver, do we really feel Christian Watson's the best wide receiver at this point? That's a great question. I just think that he has the explosiveness and the speed to impact the defense in ways that nobody else out there can. Right. Maybe that doesn't make him the best, but it makes him very important right. to really being a complete offense. Let me put it that way. Yeah. We, he has the potential to be the best. There you go. The talent to be the best. That I agree with. Um. You know, I mean, it, the, the problem is, is that they had the game even without all those guys. Even without Elton Jenkins, they could have made a play. Without Bakhtiari, they could have made a play. Without Christian Watson, they could have made a play. You know, it was just a combination of a lot of, a lot of tough stuff. And, the, and here's the here's and I said this before: the most painful thing about yesterday is the fact that they, it was a winnable game. It was right there. All they had to do was execute one deal, one thing. That they missed on. And that ultimately cost them the game. Uh, let's go to Tony listening to us in Sussex. Tony, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I you kind of stole my thunder earlier. Like, I was screaming all day long, why don't they put an extra guy in the box? 
you know, yeah. instead of playing this nickel yesterday. Um, but the what what I re- if we have Joe Barry for the rest of the year, there's teams that are going to be looking their chops, and I think we're I mean we're going to lose games that we should have won. You know, I mean there's a lot better teams we're going to play, but this guy was probably the best running back, one of the if not the best that we're ever going to that we're going to see this year. But I mean just just to just to not adjust, and it's just the same old thing as we had last year. Then he made some adjustments towards the end, and I, I don't see what what. I don't understand what Matt LaFleur is doing in his thinking, you know, with, with Joe Barry, you know, and, you know, not even, you know, doing the timeout and things like that. And I, I don't think we can get on Jordan Love. Like you say, he's young. This is was his second full, full game. He's done very, very well so far, more than expectations. He's got a quarterback rating, what, a 118? You know, and in a two-minute drive, yeah, he, you know, they couldn't do anything, but – you know, I don't think that was all his fault. There was a little miscommunication between him and Dobbs. And mm-hmm. all in all, I'm real happy with him. But what I wasn't happy with is the way our defense got torched. I mean, he got – it was just terrible that there was no adjustment made, you know, for for this guy. I would have had the quarterback beat us. That's what I said. Okay, let us – let yeah. if he can beat us, he can beat us. But there was no – it was the same thing in the second half. And it got even worse in the second half. Yeah. So it, I, I think he's uh, he's got to go. He's got to go. I mean, the guy. I mean, you know, it's, everybody needs to make a living too. I feel bad about somebody getting fired, but he's 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 over his head. He's I don't know where he's at. Um, you know, he's not. We have better talent on this team than what he has than what we have shown on defense because they are not. They're out of position of where, where they should be playing. That's that. Appreciate the phone call, Tony. That's that's the thing that everybody says. And in the back of my head, I always ask myself: Is that is that true? Is everybody believes? And by that, I mean every analyst nationally. You heard it during the game yesterday. They've got first round draft choices on this team. They've got veteran pickups on this team. They've got a lot of guys that have played a lot of good football in a lot of other places on this team. They've got guys that have been assets on this team. This defense is loaded with talent. And yet, when you start to look at things via position wise, they're ranked mid-pack in everything. 15th in offense, 14th in defense, and and you know, they're higher up in scoring, but you know, there, there's nothing there that is going to tell you this team has the talent that everybody says they have. So you have to believe one or two things. Either the coaching sucks and that is dragging them down or they have overestimated the talent on this team. Now, by the end of the season, we'll know. But, damn, it just every effing year we're talking about this. Oh, they got talent. They drafted a lot of talent. There's a lot of good talent here, big talent. Every year. This year we're 15th. This year we're 14th. Oh, they can only get the 10th. If they only get the 5th, they they should be top five. They should be the – but they don't. They don't get there. So is that coaching or talent? Is that an overestimation of talent or coaching? Now, I can't tell you here sitting here today because it still hasn't played itself out. But, damn, it's something that's – it's it's a broken record. It's recurring. Jordan Love, after the game yesterday, first of all – the fourth and one that Matt LaFleur wanted to defend and said he made the call and nobody heard it. We found out that that was crap. Take a listen. Uh, Jordan Love talks about the fourth and one scenario late in the game. I just messed up the operation with the cadence on that one. And so not everybody was got the call to get the sneak. So I just messed that operation up right there. 
So what is what does that mean that he messed it up? What does that mean? Yeah, I said the wrong thing. So it's pretty much a, not a play until I give the live word pretty much, and I, I give the wrong live word on that one. So he screwed it up. Matt LaFleur wasn't sure, said he did make the call. Nobody heard it. Turns out, no, that's not true. He made the call. It was the wrong call. Used the wrong word. Whatever that keyword, whatever that catch word should have been, used the wrong word. Nobody else recognized it. See, this is the reason when, you know, and I people say, well, Jordan Love, it's Josh Myers. He's been screwing up everything. I said, wait a minute. Nobody else in that line moved. It wasn't like everybody took off and Myers didn't snap the ball. Nobody moved. The only guy that did was Jordan Love. He looked like a drunk dancing bear. So it was Jordan Love who ended up screwing that up. Now, he was asked, look, th- these are the reasons why we lost. You know, I think it just comes down to execution and, and being better in the fourth quarter um, and being able to you know, play a full game. Um, and I think we just we didn't execute well enough in the fourth quarter. We weren't able to move the ball and convert third down. So uh, that's really what hurt us. So how does he think he played in this contest? Um, decent. I mean, obviously, other than second half and uh, fourth quarter, I think third downs, we weren't good enough tonight. But other than that, it was all right. I think the biggest miss of the game when we talk about having Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins and, you know, all the guys that they were missing, I think the biggest miss in this game was not having Aaron Jones. And he was asked specifically, as much as you want to talk about Christian Watson, we haven't seen him play, you know, on the consistent for a while now. So, whatever. But not having Christian Watson, but more so not having Aaron Jones, how much did they miss them? I mean, it's tough, you know, not having those guys out there, but it's never an excuse. You know, it's always just next man up. Other guys got to step up. I think guys did step up, but sucks not having them. The uh, the fourth quarter, like we said, 10 plays, netting a total of seven yards, which is not good. 10 plays net you seven yards. Whew, boy, that's, that's terrible. Uh, so what needed to happen on that? that final drive, so to speak. Um, get a completion to get the drive started. And that's what we weren't able to do right there. It was good to drive started. So end up being a fourth down play and, you know, stuff. But we got to do a better job just getting the drive started. Now, uh, some of us look at it as, well, this is, a, this is a learning element, you know. It shouldn't have come down to this, but it did. This is a time to learn for a new quarterback kind of taking things over. So, when you're learning and you're looking down the road, you know, how many of these game-winning drives do you need to get under your belt before you really kind of learn how to do it? Sorry, Bill. I'll apologize. I don't have this next Jordan Love cut. Uh, really? I, okay. can, I can cosplay what he might have said. It's probably <laughs> something very boring, and it was probably uh, very presidential. He'd probably say, well, I shouldn't, need, I shouldn't need one at all. We should have got it done yeah. today. Yeah. It, it, which I believe is what he ends up saying, but he just said basically it just wasn't good enough. So, no, I get it. I get it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to break, and we got Mike Clemens going to be joining us coming up here in just a couple of minutes, and we'll talk with him down in Atlanta before he wings his way back from the ATL. We'll talk with Mike about what he saw, what was said inside the locker room yesterday, uh, question marks and such. Um, I, we know Matt, we're not going to hear Matt LaFleur on this program speak today, but he will speak today. We'll catch up with those comments coming up tomorrow. But we'll talk with Mike when we come back about what went on and what he witnessed down in Atlanta now that he's had a chance to kind of absorb it as well. Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there, Dwayne's, D-U-A-N-E-S. Dwayne's cover it all in uh, fall is coming. I hate to say it, but up in the Northwoods, the colors were really starting to turn. I would assume in about two weeks it's going to be beautiful up there. 
which means the leaves are going to fall. The boats are coming out of the water. Maybe you're looking for a, a top for it, a bimini top, or maybe you're looking for a cover, something to keep it for the entire winter. Maybe you want to get some of the uh, upholstery and stuff uh, that the kids tore up this year. Maybe you want to get it fixed. That's the place to go. Uh, whether it's boat covers, uh, upholstery, awning, gym equipment, office furniture, you name it, he can do it. D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne's Cover It All.com. Call him 715-870-2119, It is so worth it. Give my buddy Dwayne a Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Six ninety nine APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9-30-2023. There's long pressure from Dupree once again. Fires downfield. Incomplete. Sailed over the head of Romeo Dobbs. It comes down to this for Green Bay. They must pick up a first down. Love on fourth and ten. And a diving catch is made to keep this game alive. But oh, a penalty flag. And a penalty flag. This is a booth review. We talk about a gut check by the Falcons and Arthur Smith. After review, he received it, man, man, not maintaining possession of the pass. Clearly incomplete. The last three possessions, no points. What do you take out of this? Yeah, um, you know, I think it just comes down to execution and, and being better in the fourth quarter um, and be able to you know, play a full game. We didn't execute well enough in the fourth quarter. We weren't able to move the ball and convert third down, so uh, that's really what hurt us. When the devil finished, Johnny said, well, you're pretty good, old son, but sit down in that chair right there and let me show you how it's done. Welcome back to the program. Uh, we bring in now our guy down in Atlanta as uh, in Georgia. Mike Clemens, uh, our Packers insider, and uh, Mike, uh, not a great day at the office yesterday uh, for the Packers. Just a lot of mistakes, a lot of things left out in that field yesterday. Well, I thought they looked pretty good on offense for the first three and a half quarters, uh, and I, uh, you know, I saw some progress in, in various areas, and then the wheels came off, and it was kind of surprising. Uh, there's some things that I'll tell you that I thought were, I. There was, there was a, some key turning points that um, that Arthur Smith had going there in the second half with the Falcons, head coach and uh, you know basic, basically an offensive uh, coordinator guy that I'll get to. So I want to take you and the rest of the listeners then through this locker room that let this game slip away uh, on a team that they felt that they could beat. And Jordan Love um, was at the podium. And he was asked what went wrong in the Packers' final drive 
with less than a minute to play when, you know, here you got four downs and you got Anders Carlson who could kick the hell out of the football. Uh, and we thought maybe he could come back and win the game with under a minute with a field goal. And here's what Jordan Love had to say to the media. Just get a completion. Um, get a completion to get the drive started. Um, and that's what we weren't able to do right there was get the drive started. So um, end up being a fourth down play and, um, you know, it's tough. Just, but we got to do a better job, better job just getting the drive started. Mike, I thought that Jordan Love started like staring down some of his receivers in the fourth quarter and kind of telegraphing where it was going to go. And, uh, you know, was that one of the reasons why things began to break down offensively for them? Yeah, you know, he had a no-look throw last week against the Bears, for what that's worth, uh, which was kind of cool. Uh, I couldn't really tell if the if the coverage was that much better. I just saw Love either being confused, pressured, you know, he lost Elton Jenkins in the in the first half at left guard. Uh, the the holes were not as good as they should have been. I'll tell you this: some of those veterans that the Falcons signed, like Bud Dupree, inside linebacker mm-hmm. out of the Titans, thirty-one. Those guys really stepped it up in the fourth quarter. I mean, they kind of were they were in the game, they're in the game, and then they started making plays defensively. And so Love was asked, you know. Where did you feel the offense started breaking down toward the end of the game? You know, that's the end game for us. If we can't, you know, get the ball started, um, get the drive started, and we end up in third and, you know, longer uh, situations, um, you know, we let them get their, you know, packages that they want to get on for those third and longs, um, and we just didn't execute when we were in those situations. But, you know, we just want to get those positive gains on first, second down, and, and so we don't get put in that situation. As much as this team's offense, uh, Mike, you, like you said, looked pretty good for three quarters, uh, you know, it was the losing Elton Jenkins, you know, in that game, not having David Bakhtiari in that game, you know, certainly things began to break down a little bit. But for the most part, I, I thought they kind of held their own. The run game wasn't spectacular with with uh, with A.J. Dillon. Uh, and then obviously when you get down to the very end and then the, you know, the snap that didn't occur and the, the bad call by Jordan Love and such, it just seemed like things just became a myriad of problems. Right. Here's the other thing, too. Uh, the offense watched a lot of football in the second half. The defense mm-hmm. started having breakdowns. And Desmond Ritter started finding a rhythm. And I'll discuss you know, what some of those things were coming up after the break. But here's the – you bring up the good point. To me, Bill – the whole, the whole damn game came down to two fourth and ones, one for the Packers and one for the Atlanta Falcons. The one for the Falcons was toward the end of the game when B. John Robinson, who came as advertised. I mean, dudes are already comparing this guy to Barry Sanders and his running style, and he was breaking tackles. An eighth overall pick out of Texas uh, and just got better with, with each drive, and they had that fourth and one, and, and he was able to, uh, to, to, to pick up the yardage on that. More on that uh, will break down. Then the other one was a series just before that when Jordan Love has got a fourth and one and he sort of fumbles a a quarterback sneak. It was kind of hard to tell up in the press box exactly what happened at the time. So we go in the locker room right after the game. And Jordan Love has just walked away from the center, Josh Myers. And we asked Josh, you know, about how the offense controlled the game for three quarters and what happened with that botch quarterback sneak at fourth and one. Uh, yeah, it was a, uh, a, a miscommunication that I know he just asked me more about it. I can't really 
can't really dive super deep into it. You know, I, from a from a you know from an offensive standpoint, um, yeah, early on we were we were really moving the ball well. We were playing well. We were taking deep shots down the field and and getting their DBs in some trouble. Um, you know, with those pass interferences and whatnot. So, yeah, it was it was going well. You kind of get the sense that Josh Myers was covering up for his guy. He wasn't going to go into it. He was talking about communication. Uh, it wasn't, you know, even Matt LaFleur, Mike, at the end of the game, talked about, well, the signal was called and, and it was missed and blah, blah, blah. And then you find out from Jordan Love on that quarterback sneak attempt, no, nah, Jordan Love even admits uh, it was him. I guess he used the wrong word in his signals before the snap. But he went and conferred with Josh Myers before he had to go out in front of the media and to answer the question. So, you know, we eventually got around to saying to Jordan Love, okay, what happened on the botched quarterback's knee off to the right-hand side? And you end up losing that fourth and one, and then the Falcons turn that around and score again, you know, at the end of that next drive. I just messed up the operation with the cadence on that one. Um, and so not everybody was got the call to get the sneak, so I just messed that operation up right there. What is what does that mean? You messed it up. They did you say something wrong? Could they not hear you? Yeah, I said the wrong thing. So it's pretty much a, a not a play until I give the live word, pretty much, and I, I give the wrong live word on that one. Did you just forget it or what? Uh... Just messed it up. Mike, uh, you know Matt Lafleur. I, I will say this: you were there, but. He was not a happy guy after the game by any stretch. Normally, after a loss, you know, subdued, gives credit to the other club and such. But this was, this was a loss in which you felt like he was a little bit angry. Yeah, Bill. And here's another thing that's been going on. Do you know how we were talking about in camp? Even though you thought that Josh Myers was like the next Corey Lindsley, you know, the next great Packers center. Though he'll have that job for 10, 12 years, coming out of Ohio State. And then he got injured his rookie season. And then there was times where Aaron Rodgers intimated that maybe Myers was just a little bit off. Myers seems like a really good, upstanding guy. And then the coaches are actually, they were coming right out and calling him out during OTAs and, and during the start of training camp. Like, we need to see more from center, right guard, and right tackle. Those jobs are all wide open. Well, Runyon won his job back. But there was one day at practice where there was, uh, uh, the, they were doing like two minute and things were moving along. And there was a bad play breakup, kind of like that botched quarterback sneak. And it looked like Jordan Love had screwed up. And, uh, or or the Myers had maybe screwed up the, the snap to him. So we went to Myers a day or two later, and he kind of intimated, no, the quarterback called the wrong thing. So he was defending himself that maybe Jordan had made a mental mistake. That's what you saw. You didn't see the, the center screwing it up. So that's, there's been that kind of cooking underneath there but then you talk to Matt LaFleur who's just he can't believe that suddenly this game shifts where the Falcons have got the ball for 38 minutes and this offense is sitting there watching this game and listen to this about how the running game turned on for the Falcons in the second half and how upset LaFleur was at the end of that press conference when he was you know talked about how the game got away yeah, I mean, like, to be honest with you, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? The last possession, we had three runs. We had a third and looked like about a half yard, and we came up short. So, you know, you'd hate to – I thought he was playing really well. 
and I thought he did a lot of great things. I thought he showed great poise, made some off-schedule plays, made the throws when they needed to be made, made great decisions, took, did a good job taking care of the football. So there was a lot of positives from that. I think that, you know, um, quite frankly, I wish we had, had more opportunities for him. Atlanta was able to kind of find some running lanes offensively for them. Just, I know obviously it would take in all that sense, but just kind of what do you feel like they were able to do successfully that, that gave them some of their I mean, you guys saw it. They shredded us consistently. Good. Thank you. All right, guys. There you go. That's uh, Matt LaFleur not happy after the uh, ball game. They shredded us consistently. We're going to step away, take a quick break, talking with Mike Clemens. Hang in there. we got a lot more to get to. We're not done yet. More of the Bill Michael Show with Mike down in Atlanta coming up right after. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Came to line very quickly. They run the play and pick up the first down. Robinson. Gutsy call from Arthur Smith. And it pays off. One thing I want to say, I, I, you know, it means a lot for us to win at home. And uh, I thought our crowd has been unbelievable the last two games. And it, it, it really made a difference. Uh, our guys fed off that energy. And so, like I said, it, it's a shared experience when you when you get into it like that. And, and you could feel them, especially that last drive. Welcome back to the program. Good to have you. And... Uh... It was uh, the trouble stopping the run yesterday. Bijan Bijan Robinson, very, very solid, uh, the rookie running back for the Atlanta Falcons. And the Packers really didn't have much of an answer after giving up 211 uh, yards rushing, 460-plus total yards of offense yesterday. Mike Clemens joining us down in Atlanta coming off of yesterday's ball game. Bijan Robinson, man, he's still running at this point. Uh, the Packers, Mike, not much. Uh, when they did bring guys up in the box, they were arm tackling. When they didn't. Uh, and they didn't miss a ton of tackles, but uh, it seemed like sometimes they overran a couple of these plays. Sometimes they had some big holes. You know, B. John Robinson had big holes to run through. It was just a myriad of problems yesterday up front for the Packers. Yeah, and Robinson is not that big of a guy, 5'11 or so. Uh, and the speed's pretty good. It's just his ability to break through tackles. Like, the guys just can't seem to get an arm on him. And then, of course, he gets to the second level. Then he takes off. He, he's really gone. But just time and time again, you saw him breaking tackles. And then on this key fourth and one, where Arthur Smith goes for it, um, and it was they, what was interesting and frustrating about watching the Packers on this play was uh, they determined it's fourth and one and they're going to go for it. And like the play gets in like that, and then Desmond Ritter is like instantly calling it, and they run up to the line and snap it. I mean, and the Packers are the linebackers are still kind of wandering around. Like, you guys have got a fourth and one, and you're not set yet. And you know that's probably something that the Falcons caught the Packers on in some of those situations. So now you've got a snap, and you've got some of these Packers that are you know half in their stance in a uh, that are uh, struggling, stumbling, fumbling. It looked like uh, Kenny Clark was about to get his, his foot, and and he missed. He bounces outside. And the only guy who was able to wrap up on them was Rudy Ford. But unfortunately, that was already seven yards downfield. First down, deep in Packers territory. They chip and they chip and they end up, you know, kicking that field goal to, to go ahead. And so Bijan, 
Talk to the media after that, about 124 yards in only a second NFL game. And, and here was the other thing that, that made such a difference. I was watching some series where the Falcons had the ball in their own territory, and on first and second down, they were going five wide, empty backfield. And all week long last year, the Packers stressed how good a running team this was. They weren't even really concerned about the Desmond Ritter passing game. And even though Ritter, had, he had played in five games so far, uh, including their win last week over the Panthers, and thrown zero interceptions, and we talked about that was epic, historic. That hadn't happened since 1970. And then when Dak Prescott took over for Tony Romo, well, he ends up throwing a pick in the first half. So, you know, that ends up uh, breaking up that, that, uh, that run, but they're going five wide and he had nobody to throw to the Packers second. were in their dime. They had answers for everything that they tried in five wide two series later. Then Arthur Smith starts going to play action because they'd already established that they had a pretty good run and they knew that the Packers knew that this was a team that was going to be based on the run. And when they went play action, it's like they Joe Barry took somebody off the field, put somebody else in, and there was two guys open on every play. And that's when you saw Ritter chunking away and chopping away and chopping away through the game. And so uh, Robinson was asked, how much did when you guys switched to play action, did that help you in the fourth quarter? Yeah, I think like midway the fourth quarter, uh, we started, you know, running the ball. We started, you know, bringing the bringing the DBs up and then and then giving giving some shots down downfield to the receivers. And you know, now they just started getting confused on what what personnel was going to be out there. You know, what we were going to do, if we were going to pass, we were going to run it. And then you know, we just got, kept them on their toes. And then that's when we just kept going downhill and you know, trying to get as many yards as we can. But you know, in that fourth quarter, you know, you kind of felt them, you know, starting to back off. Um, and, and, you know, not, not come as hard as they did in the first half. So he felt that the Packers defensively, with the personnel packages they were running out there, where the Packers were confused. Yeah. Which is, which is an interesting comment, Mike, because that's not something yeah. that we even really discussed. And that, could, that would then go back to either the guys on the field not quite sure where they're supposed to be or coaching. I mean, uh, you know, how, there, there is no in-between there. I know. I know, and this is for Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry to figure out. But, I mean, it was it was like turning on a light switch for those guys. Suddenly, Drake Ludden is, is open, you know? Right. And, um, and then it, it just in terms of quarterback comparisons, you know, for me, for the first three quarters, now, you know, the Packers came out, they had some penalties. There was some sloppiness in the first quarter. The first quarter, the Packers sort of played like I thought they would play last week against the Bears. They, but then they settled on. You saw Jordan Love get into a groove. And they were off and running. Whereas Desmond Ritter, he looked a little stiff and not as loose. Well, then all of a sudden, somewhere this kid just kicks in. Now, it's not like he and Jordan Love are you know, both kind of new starters. They're not. I mean, this is Jordan Love's fourth year. This is Desmond Ritter's, you know, he's, he's been there a year and two games. Started four games last year. And now, you know, these last, these last couple of games here this season. And so then you see where the competitor in this Ritter kid comes out because a guy asked him in the media, and they've got a big fancy press conference you know, down here in Atlanta, all kind of marketing, all kinds of money spent on this place and for the fans. Uh, and, and Ritter was asked about, you know, did you guys like feel like you were, you know, your backs against the wall in this one? 
Des, just can you just talk about how that game was? It was so crazy. You guys looked like you were, you know, kind of down for the count, and then you come back and you just kind of take us through. No, the no, game no, from no, your no, never, never down for no, the count. Never, okay. Yeah, when you see the Atlanta Falcons out there, we'll never be down for the count. Uh, we're gonna fight until that clock hits zero. So, you know, that's what I'm proud of this team and everyone on this team uh, for not giving up, not you know, and just keep going out there and just fight until that clock hits zero. You know, Mike, and, and good for them that they never feel like they're out of a game. I, I can appreciate that. But for the most part, I mean, you know, th- this team, um, they came back. The pack, They stymied the Packers offensively in the fourth quarter. The Packers ran 10 plays for a total of, uh, I think, net was seven yards. And uh, offensively, they looked like they confused the Packers. And the Packers were aggressive. We talked about that with Eric Branchek a little bit earlier. Rashawn Gary at one point not setting the edge, and uh, Ritter running right past him. It, it was just uh, like you had talked about when Bijan Robinson said, it looked like we were confusing them. Yeah, Rashawn, you know, they said they would be on a little bit of a pitch count. He had about a dozen plays last week against the Bears, seven pressures out of those. So let's talk a little bit about Rashawn and the guy that he is. He's interesting to cover because he, when you engage with him, he's polite, he listens, but he challenges. He's like, he takes your questions and re-ask them. He tries to get you to speed up. He tries to get everybody around him to speed up. And so he's either kind of this hard guy, intimidating guy one minute, without being he's not polite. It's just he moves things along. And then at the, the next minute, though, he can be so emotional and so grateful that he came from such a crummy situation in New Jersey. And now here he is, an NFL player on the cusp of getting a big contract. So yesterday, you know, you go to Rashawn Gary. He was open to questions after this loss. And Desmond Ritter started confusing the defense with his rollouts and those play-action fakes. And we asked Gary, did, was that a turning point in terms of what you guys were doing on defense? Um, I wouldn't say he did anything to confuse the defense. Like I said, it's just about locking in for a full 60 minutes and everybody doing their assignment. Was him, was Ritter running? Way different than Say that again. Was Ritter as his mobility and moving around, running around, was that way more than you guys kind of game plan for or expected out of him? Uh, no, because y'all know who we played week one. So, you know, coming in here, we knew he's a mobile quarterback, but at the end of the day, we knew coming in here, we had to make him be quarterback. A lot of guys were saying, of course, that there was a shift of momentum. When would you pinpoint that, and why was there a shift of momentum? What do you mean? Throughout the game, shift of momentum? Yeah, when they started coming back that second half. And you're asking me what? When would you pinpoint that, and then why? Um, I would. I really can't pinpoint it. I'll probably say when they hit that little zone read, and I was chasing them. I think Sewell ended up hitting them. That's when they started like putting together, uh, piling on plays and plays and plays. But they've been uh, game plan wise, it was it was smooth for them. The zone read. So in other words, the zone read they exploited a little bit. Rasul made it was going to make a play, didn't, and then all of a sudden they gained momentum from there. Now. You know, uh, Mike, they had a chance, numerous chances. Uh, Jair had one that would hit him in the hands. Quay Walker had one that hit him in the hands. Had they made one of those interceptions, the the outcome of the game changes. Yeah, and fans watching the game get frustrated because when they see the Falcons not effectively running the football, they're like, well, where are the linebackers? Where's Quay Walker, the big first-round pick? Well, Quay Walker was, was heartbroken that they lost one because this is his home state. He played for Georgia. He grew up here. And last week, he gets that pick six, suffers a concussion, works his tail off to get through the protocol last week, gets in the game, drops one. But Quay Walker had 17 combined tackles yesterday, chasing these guys down. Dropped that interception, though. And after spending the week in concussion protocol, we talked about you know, his role in the game yesterday. 
I'm a young guy. My teammates need me. Uh, so I'm holding myself accountable to be out there every week. And gave away that win to them. But credit to them because they're a good team as well. Real, real physical. They probably sit on that as we do the same. But uh, I just think it was a few plays we left out there. I dropped the interception. But at the same time, we capitalized and scored on offense. But uh, we left a lot of plays out there, I would say. And they did. I like the fact that he said, I, I take it personal. This is his hometown. And he said he holds himself accountable to his guys to be there every week, which leads us into the whole Bakhtiari thing later on down the road. But that being said, uh, he talks about uh, the defense, Rasul Douglas and company. I mean, you know, they had some opportunities, but man, that defense was on the field a long time, almost a quarter more than the, uh, than the Falcons were. Uh, if the time is right, you can get the goods on what's really going on from Rasul Douglas. But when he first came to Green Bay, was a yes and no, not a very, you know, he was learning and watching. And, but now that he's under contract, he's stepped it up as a leader. And so you asked him about that time of possession. Like suddenly the Falcons just hang on to the ball for these long 14, 15 play drives, 78 plays, 80 plays, something like that, 38 minutes. And we asked, you know, and then they conv- converted the key fourth down that I talked about earlier. This is Rasul with the media. He's on the field 80, 80 plays. 78 or That's about what we played last week. Yeah, we played uh, around that number last week. I think they, they just wanted it more than us. Uh, and we didn't play our brand and our style of football. Man, we are, we are defensive backs. We're here to stop the pass. So we always got to keep our eyes on our, on our guy first. Uh, and then if he shows us that it's, it's not a pass, we got to come off and be able to ready, ready to tackle. We just got to find a way to win games like that. I think those games right there show who you are, you know what I mean? So we just want to win those games. And as a defense, we expect it to be on us, and we got to find a way to get off the grass. They made a few uh, fourth down conversions, and one of them was for a touchdown. It just can't happen on us. We got to be able to find a way to get off the field. We knew it was going to come in and be that type of game, physical game, four-quarter game. Uh, whoever got the stop will win the game. They got the stop at the end, they won the game. So we, we already knew it was going to be that. We're just trying to find a way to not put ourselves in that situation. You know, and I think that was the thing. And uh, We knew Arthur came from Tennessee. If you know, if you play Tennessee, you know you got to stop Derrick Henry 60 times. You might stop him 30, but you're going to have to stop him another 30. So we knew what was going to happen. So we just got to find a way to stop it. You were hoping the defense would get the win. They would just notch it, stop them, and that would be the end of it. And you could say this defense won you a ball game. You were hoping for that. And then when it didn't happen, you were kind of hoping that this would be one of those opportunities to take a two-minute drive down, get them in field goal range, put it through the uprights, and then Jordan Love gets his first come-from-behind win. And none of which happened yesterday in those opportunities, Mike. Disappointing. Other disappointing things was this. I mean, the Packers had won five of the last seven meetings against the Falcons. The one time the Falcons beat them was when Matt LaFleur was the quarterback coach, and Dan Quinn was the head coach, and they were on their way to a Super Bowl, opening up brand-new Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They started, the Packers, particularly on defense, started looking gassed to me there during some yep. series early in the fourth quarter. Uh, I, I noticed that. Uh, the other thing is that the Packers had won this game yesterday, in the history of the Green Bay Packers franchise over 100 years, it would have been the first time they started the season with two road games and two victories back-to-back. So that doesn't happen. So you ask Jair Alexander, who's short and to the point, but a pretty straight shooter, did he think that Jordan Love was going to be able to pull that out and set you up for an Anders Carlson winning field goal with a few seconds left on the clock? 
Yes, no, it is. Seriously, I, I thought for sure we had it in the bag. I thought they thought their momentum was down a couple times, but you know, hats out to them. They play, they play hard, but it didn't happen. So we gotta, we gotta do better next week. Got to do better next week. Let's do this. We'll see. Speaking of uh, doing better, we're going to do better in the next segment as well. Mike Clement's going to come back, hang in there. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show, and you want to hear from uh, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers just about those injuries and about some of those questionable situations. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show. Wrapping it up, coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9-30-2023. Buckle up, it's all systems go at Pottawatomi. Plug in to high wattage play and you could win an all-electric BMW i7. Play now through September with your club card. Prize drawings on Thursdays. There's a shocking $800,000 in total prizes on the line, including the luxury BMW i7. It's time to electrify your drive. Only at Pottawatomi Casino Hotel. More info at paysbig.com slash BMW. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Here's Kent from 25 yards out. Gives Atlanta a one-point advantage. There's Love. Pressure from Dupree once again. Fires downfield. Incomplete. Sailed over the head of Romeo Dobbs. Thought it was there. Unfortunately, Atlanta came back uh, and got some got some points on the board and just couldn't respond. Not, nothing really changed. I mean, uh, Atlanta just had the momentum. Just got to give them credit for it. Welcome back. Good to have you. Hopefully you're uh, enjoying your day. Uh, wrapping things up with Mike Clemens here. And uh, yesterday, Mike, Packers end up losing 25-24. And then after the game, you know, questions obviously about uh, the game plan itself. Matt LaFleur didn't seem very happy with certain things and then got into the uh, questions regarding the injuries and, and even David Bakhtiari coming into this thing, which was somewhat of a question mark because we didn't realize or hear. I mean, last week, Mike, you were in the locker room when he was basically wagging his finger saying, see, I don't need practice. I'm good. I feel good. You know, just keep me healthy for game day. And then all of a sudden this week he's uh, a mysterious scratch. Well, Bakhtiari, I'm telling you, there's no arrogance. I mean, this is like the best we've had in a relationship with him. He's very upfront. He's all but said, I know this is probably my last year in Green Bay, and I've been very successful. I greatly appreciate it. Unfortunately, this knee is still pretty pretty much in charge of of my career. But then the, the to, to top, on, top on that, and, of course, he was shocked and upset about 
Aaron and the torn Achilles and it happening on turf. Uh, and, of course, yesterday's game is turf inside the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But then you lose Elton Jenkins at left guard. And now suddenly you start worrying about the depth. Royce Newman filled in. I saw some misses in some of the tape I've seen so far. Royce started like 12 or 16 games, I think, in 21 when Rodgers won the MVP. But um, he fell out of favor with Rodgers in the line. So yesterday after the game, we talked to uh, to Lafleur to update us. What's this knee injury that uh, that took uh, uh, Elton Jenkins out of the game, and why was Bakhtiari inactive? How much concern is there for Elton's knee? Concern. Anytime a guy goes out of the game and doesn't isn't able to finish, there's there's concern. So Bakhtiari, was that uh, a turf decision? No, I, don't, I, I mean, we all know that Dave's been dealing with this, and so, no. So could this be a thing where he doesn't play in any game? Uh, you guys, I, I, I'm not going to get into that. Like, we all know this has been, this is two years now. So I'm not going to get into it. It's probably going to be like this from here on out. Mike, it's just odd because, like I said, Bakhtiari's proclaiming how healthy he is, and he's calling Elton Jenkins. We're the best left off, left side of an offensive line in football, and I feel great. I'm ready to go. Just keep me healthy for game day. I told you so, and then all of a sudden he's not there. Well, see, you heard the reporters. I mean, there was a rumor going around that this was Bakhtiari having a little protest. I'm not going to play on turf anymore because of my last D, and LaFleur is trying to cut it off. But he's going to get more of those questions in about an hour in Green Bay. Mike, great stuff as always, bud. And uh, we will talk again later this week, okay? Billy, you're the best. Thank you, pal. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline, and that'll do it for today. But uh, like he said, uh, you've got uh, a little bit later on today, Matt LaFleur is going to address the media. And I'm sure these questions are going to continue to come up. And uh, the more that it's talked about and the louder it gets, the more it's going to gain some national traction as well, you would assume at some point. That's it. That's going to do it. Hopefully you enjoyed today. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. Until then, time for us to go. Have a go. Cheers.